Today we are going to talk about the apostles, episode number two. And uh, for, for those that are watching, I want to invite you to go to the website and the YouTube channel, find the episode number one of this series. It's a good message. It's about how the apostles were chosen, the first ones, and uh, the first trip, the first mission trip. They were good principles, and uh, so we want to say to everybody that is supporting the church, thank you so much for your contributions, and we want to say thank you, Ray, for your work here today Amen. with equipment, and we are trying to make it work. Thank you, Sebastian, for your work, too. Thank you, Tracy, for the songs. That was great, great moment, worshiping the Lord. Are you ready for the word of the Lord? Amen. The Apostles, episode number two. Well, we know the word apostle comes from the Greek word apostolos. And what is the meaning of that word? Messenger. Messenger. That is the meaning of the word apostolos. So in episode number two, we want to go back for a moment about what was the main message the Lord Jesus was delivering. If you remember, John the Baptist became before the Lord Jesus to the Jews and, and use exactly the same words that Matthew 4, 17 declares. Change your hearts and lives because God's kingdom is now very near. That's the objective of the goal, the gospel, right? The Lord coming to change our hearts and our lives. Have you been transformed by the Lord God? Let me tell you, I remember when I was not close to God, my life was a disaster. <laughs> I know the feeling is not a nice feeling. The frustrations and pain, I praise the Lord because he saved me and rescued me. The Lord said that to everybody when he started his ministry. And later in chapter 9, verse 13, the Lord said to the disciples, because they were confronting him about the traditions of the Pharisees, and the Lord said, I did not come to invite good people. I came to invite sinners, which... To me, it's so, so weird because, you know, who wants to say, I'm a sinner? Do you like that idea? It's like saying, I'm a loser, you know, or I'm brokenhearted, or I am broke, or whatever. You know, nobody wants to declare those things. However, in the presence of God, is necessary. That's why I said earlier, the power of humility to acknowledge, we need you, Lord. And the Lord Jesus said here, I came to invite sinners. In this chapter 9, he talks about the importance of being totally transformed. You remember last Sunday, talking about the, the wineskins that is necessary to be transformed, totally transformed, a new, a new person. And again, in the, in the worship service 233 in March 14, I explain about the first mission trip. So, I invite you to go there and watch it. But today we're going to start with the final instructions about the first mission trip. For a moment, I would like you to imagine that you are one of the, the disciples. Can you do that? Imagine yourself with your sandals and your outfit and whatever. <laughs> and you are there in Israel with the Lord Jesus. And... So here are the final instructions to the first missionary trip, mission trip. The first thing that he says in Matthew 10, 26, and 33. 
So don't be afraid of those people. Everything that is hidden will be shown. Everything that is secret will be made known. I tell you all this secretly, but I want you to tell it publicly. Whatever I tell you privately, you should shout for everyone to hear. Don't be afraid of people. They can kill the body, but they cannot kill the soul. The only one you should fear is God. The one who can send the body and the soul to be destroyed in hell. When birds are sold, two small birds cost only a penny. But not even one of those little birds can die without your father knowing it. God even knows how many hairs are on your head. So don't be afraid. You are worth more than a whole flock of birds. Don't be ashamed of your faith. If you stand before others and are willing to say you believe in me, then I will tell my Father in heaven that you belong to me. But if you stand before others and say you don't believe in me, then I will tell my Father in heaven that you do not belong to me. What is what the Lord is telling us here in this, in this passage, in this portion, after giving the instructions to the trip? Fear God, not people. When, when we are Christians, uh, let's say, with a long experience in Christianity, let's say 5, 10, 15, 20 years or more years of, of being a Christian, you already know all these things that happen, right? People... Uh, question you about your faith. Are you really a Christian now? Are you going to church now? And you, you leave that. And you know that at some point eventually you say, well, yeah, I am a Christian. Yes, I am going to church. And you know what happens. But uh, when you are not an all-time Christian, you are a, a new uh, Christian, when you are new, for instance, if you, my friend, watching, you are just getting familiar with, with the scripture, with the Bible and church, and people question you about your faith in God, and why are you watching a preacher? Are you reading the Bible for real? And people are laughing at you because they do that. This is exactly what the Lord says. Fear God, not people. You don't need to be concerned of those. So my friend, if, if you are just at the beginning of your Christian walk, it's, it's going to happen. People will say things to you and threaten you and mock you, and, and you don't know exactly what they are doing. But the Lord said here, remember, I, I take care of the birds. I know even how many hairs there are in your head. And we know that somebody here in the church doesn't have any hair in his head, but that's a different story. You know? That's a separate issue. But the Lord even knows that he doesn't have hair because he knows exactly everything about us. You know, you know what? The Lord says also, I want you to love me more than anyone else. Okay, let's hear here in Matthew 34, 10, 34. I come to bring peace to earth. I did not come to bring peace. I came to bring trouble. Listen to this. I have come to make this happen. Listen to this. A son will turn against his father. Those who love their father or mother more than they love me are not worthy of me. 
And those who love their son or daughter more than they love me are not worthy of me. So how many of us have lived that experience that even in our own family, some of our relatives, they get upset because we say, I love God more than anybody. Some of you have heard those remarks from your family, sometimes the spouse or children, parents, somebody saying, so who you love the most? And you say, the Lord God. More than me? Well, according with the scripture, yes, it should be that way. Love God more than anyone else. Remember, these are the final instructions to go to the trip. First thing is, don't be afraid of anybody. Second thing, love God more than anyone else. And then in verse 38 in Matthew 10, he says, whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. And you know, quite often we don't want to take up that cross. Quite often we don't want to, to go through the process of sanctification. Let me ask you this. When the Lord Jesus carried that cross, before what? Before his crucifixion before his death. Do you agree? Okay, I want you to see that. When you are willing to die to your flesh, you are going to take that cross upon yourself and you say, I'm gonna die every day to my flesh. Not what I want, but what God wants. You have to see that. Final instructions before people go to the, into the mission trip. I need you to learn to die to your flesh. Take that cross every day. That is what the Lord Jesus is telling to the disciples. And then in verse 39, he says, those who try to keep their life, they will, they, they have, will lose it. But those who give up their life for me will find true life. Which is kind of, weird to understand this how is it that by giving up to my life and if I lose that I will find true life I don't understand what is what is exactly the meaning of this well the meaning of this is that you start trying to control your own life the Lord said I want you to go into this mission trip stop trying to control your own life Lose it for me. Give up to your own dreams. Wow, that's powerful. Give up to your own desires. That's deep. Give up to what you want. You see? Give up to that. You're going to have, the, you will find the true life by doing this. And he keeps going in verses 40 to 42. Talking about the rewards that people will receive. Whoever accepts you also accepts me. And whoever accepts me accepts the one who sent me. Whoever accepts a prophet because he is a prophet will get the same reward a prophet gets. And whoever accepts a godly person just because that person is godly will get the same reward a godly person gets. Whoever helps 
any of these little ones, because they are my followers, will definitely get a reward, even if they only give them a cup of cold water. There are rewards, my friends, for the, the Lord Jesus' disciples. There are rewards. Some of those rewards are here on earth. Some of the rewards are going to be in heaven. But there are rewards. Rewards that sometimes we are the ones giving those rewards to the servants of God. But sometimes the rewards are going to be given to you. But there are rewards. The Lord Jesus is preparing his disciples before they got into the mission trip with important information they need to have before they go and reaching out to, to people. Basically, he's saying, whatever you do, you're going to get a reward. Yeah. Just so you know. Even if it's just a glass of water. Now, remember here, it says a cold, a glass of cold water. Now, how can you have a glass of cold water there in, in, in Israel when there are no refrigerators? <laughs> have you ever thought about it? Mm -hmm. Well, there were ways to keep cold water in places. I don't know what kind of places, but they could. But the point is, it was not easy to provide a glass of cold water, meaning rewards are going to be special things the Lord will give you through people. It's, it's like the appreciation we have for somebody, right? When we appreciate somebody, you can give anything or you can give something, right? That is what the Lord is saying here to us. There are going to be rewards. When you go into your mission trip, there are going to be rewards. Apparently it's simple, but it's not that simple, the Lord says, like a glass of cold water. But after he gives us these instructions, he goes to, to something more profound. The word doctrine means teachings, okay? So solid doctrine means profound teachings. In church, this is what happens. We want to be encouraged. We want to hear a positive message. We want to hear the promises from God telling us that everything is going to be all right. Don't, don't we want that? Of course. We want to hear that, right? Yeah. Pastor, preacher, tell me something nice, positive, and encouraging. Because that's your job. You give me some motivation, so I'll, I'll continue coming. I will continue listening to you. And, and you know, some people consider that a fluffy preacher, you know, light message, whatever, you know, just in the surface thing, which there is nothing wrong with that. There is nothing wrong with that. But in this part, you are going to hear some things that are profound. Because the Lord Jesus, although he, he can share with people in general things that are in the surface just to give them an idea about the kingdom of God to his disciples, after they are understanding that they are going to go to a mission trip, now he goes 
through solid doctrine. So are you ready for this? Here's the first one. In Matthew 12, verses 1 through 8. This is a very important thing, he says. About the same time, Jesus was walking through the fields of grain on a Sabbath day, Saturday. His followers were with him, and they were hungry. So they began to pick the grain and eat it. The Pharisees saw this. They said to Jesus, Look, your followers are doing something that is against the law to do on the Sabbath day. Jesus said to them, You have read what David did when he and those with him were hungry. David went into God's house. He and those with him ate the bread that was offered to God. It was against the law for David or those with him to eat the bread. Only the priests were allowed to eat it. And you have read it in the law of Moses that on every Sabbath day, the priests at the temple break the law about the Sabbath day. But they are not wrong for doing that. I tell you that there is something here that is greater than the temple. The scriptures say, I don't want animal sacrifices. I want you to show kindness to people. You don't really know what that means. If you understood it, you will not judge those who have done nothing wrong. The Son of Man is Lord over the Sabbath day. Above all traditions and above, above all controversies that are today about which is the right day to worship, traditions about the Lord's Supper, traditions about even music style, traditions about how do we need to dress to worship God, which day of the week, the length of the service, which version of the Bible, using or not using technology, above all those things, about festivities and special days, including Saturday. Above all that, the Lord Jesus is Lord. So what is, what is the most important thing that we need to understand is that no matter what other people think, what they are used to, when we are worshiping the Lord Jesus and we give him the preeminence, the first place in our heart, that is the right thing to do. We have to accommodate many times to cultural environments. As, as a missionary that I went through many places in many countries, I can tell you this. There are places where the music is very different than the music that I like. The way they dress, the food they eat, the time of the day when they like to worship God. Many cultural things that you sometimes are a little bit shocked. Sometimes you are hanging out with traditional Christians. Sometimes there are some Messianic Jews around you or people that like to worship on Saturday. Sometimes there are people that are so firm about a special version of the Bible. 
Sometimes you, you meet with people that they do not tolerate certain music style or certain dress code for a preacher. <laughs> when you are in the mission field, when you are hanging out with people in general, you will find that everyone has his own ideas and what is and what is not right to worship God. But what is the main point? That Jesus is Lord above all that. So when you are in touch with the community, don't make an issue. Listen carefully. Do not make an issue because they have their personal preference based on background experiences or whatever. As long as we all worship the Lord Jesus, it's okay. And sometimes you will be worshiping the Lord Jesus with people singing songs that the music is so obnoxious to you. Or sometimes you're going to be invited to be with people that they are eating certain foods with certain smells. Well, what are you going to do? But above all that, is it Jesus really the center of our adoration here? There are many denominations. The Lord Jesus knew it, that this will happen. Many views about everything. Do you baptize the person just with aspersion or do you immerse the person? you get it into the water? What do you drink for the Lord's Supper? Wine or just grape juice? Do you bake the bread or you use wafers? All those things. The Lord said, listen, I, I am the Lord of the Sabbath above all things. If we put the Lord Jesus above all things, we are on the right track. The next thing, he talks about the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. That is in verses 30 to 32, chapter 12. And this is the reading. Whoever is not with me is against me. And anyone who does not work with me is working against me. So I tell you people, people can be forgiven for every sinful thing they do and every bad thing they say against God. But anyone who speaks against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. You can even speak against the Son of Man and be forgiven. But anyone who speaks against the Holy Spirit will never be forgiven. Not now or in the future. There is one thing that is not going to be forgiven. It's the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. Many interpretations to this passage. Many ways to explain it. The Holy Spirit moves on earth. Let's talk about doctrine again, okay? God is three in one. God the Father, creator of heaven and earth. God the Son, the Lord Jesus, who came and died for us. And then he went back to heaven. But immediately after that, in the Pentecost day, the Holy Spirit came down upon the disciples. Acts chapter 2. And ever since, the Holy Spirit is dwelling upon earth, seeking for people to repent. The Holy Spirit is the sweetest person that you can ever meet. He is tender. He is very compassionate. The Holy Spirit is sweet. The Holy Spirit is very understanding, is very tolerant. 
highly tolerant. The Holy Spirit moves you to love, moves you to forgive. The Holy Spirit comes to dwell in your heart to show you that you are loved. The Holy Spirit talks to you, makes you feel some things, certain direction to do this or to do that, to say this or to say that. He moves you to pray for people. The Holy Spirit does that. The Holy Spirit, of course, moves you to repent. The Holy Spirit is, is the Spirit of God in you, showing you that when you're doing something wrong, you have to stop that. The Holy Spirit moves in you, showing you that's not right. You have to change. That is what the Holy Spirit does in us. Also, the Holy Spirit moves us to do what is right. Moves us to encourage people. Moves us to read the scripture. The Holy Spirit does all those things. He doesn't force you to anything. He just inspires you all, all the time. Th that is what he does. And, and the whole objective is that you will get to know the Father through the Lord Jesus, the Son, so you can become a worshiper to adore God. Because the Lord God is the, is the destination of our lives. You see, all that is what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit also gives you ideas for work, for family, relationship, business, inventions, the Holy Spirit does all those things as long as you are paying attention to him. You listen, you, you get the, the feeling, you perceive what he is showing you. You see all that? He is precious, he's beautiful. There is nothing wrong in the Holy Spirit. There is no one little thing that is not right in the Holy Spirit. So the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit is not just saying bad things against him, is rejecting him. Rejecting the sweetest person that you could ever meet in life. That's the most dangerous thing anyone can do. But the Holy Spirit is, <laughs> he is so sweet and so tender that he will come back to you let, let's suppose for a moment you are not a believer. You are just starting to get, to, to get familiar with, with the Bible, with church. Let's suppose you are just at the, at the very beginning of your Christian walk. Or you're, you are not even part of the church. So the Holy Spirit is moving you to listen to preachings, to read the Bible, to, to sing worship songs. That, that's the, the work of the Holy Spirit in you. You might think, Mm, I feel like getting close to God. I think uh, I want to go to church. I think I like to pray. You, you might say those things thinking that is you saying those things, that is you wanting those things, but no, you are wrong. That's not you. It's the Holy Spirit inspiring you, moving you to get closer to God because he wants to guide you in everything you do. But let's suppose you are not 
a believer, you have not surrendered to God, the Holy Spirit doesn't give up on you. He comes to you and you say, I like that, but nothing. Yeah, I like the idea, but I'm okay here. So it can happen that way. But there is a point in the life of everybody when the person must make a decision. And the decision is, I'm going to surrender. I'm going to open my heart entirely to the Holy Spirit so the Lord Jesus can come and dwell in my heart. Remember, I am at the door. I'm knocking. So you, you open your heart. You let the Holy Spirit come and live inside of you. Remember the power of humility. You surrender. You, you accept. You acknowledge. You need him. You see, but, but if you, although you hear and understand all this, you reject the Holy Spirit, that's the blasphemy. Because there is nothing worse that you can do to the sweetest person in the whole universe but rejecting him. The blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. Okay. Verses 46 and 50 in chapter 12. The Lord Jesus is telling the disciples, remember we are in solid doctrine then, while Jesus was talking to the people, his mother and brothers stood outside. They wanted to talk to him. Someone told him, hey, your mother and brothers are waiting for you outside. They want to talk to you. Jesus answered, who is my mother? Who are my brothers? Then he pointed to his followers and said, see, these people are my mother and my brothers. Yes, anyone who does what my father in heaven wants is my true brother and sister and mother. It's all about surrendering to God's will. So the Lord is giving to the disciples this solid doctrine so they can understand that when they are going to, to talk to people in the mission field, there are many things that they will find. And one of those is that there are individuals that they are so willing to get closer to God and serve God. They are willing to give up to everything and say, I'm here to serve the Lord. Those are your brothers and your sisters and your mother and your father. You know, we all like to be around good-looking people, preferably if they have good families, good reputation, good job. Even better if they have money. Who doesn't like that kind of friends, who, that kind of circle of people? Many people, probably most people. But what about the inside of the individual? For, on the other hand, you have found many people that they are not good-looking people. Maybe their look is, their looks is not precisely that great, <laughs> right? Maybe their families is, is just a mess, and perhaps their finances are a disaster. Maybe they just go from one job to the other, and they, they don't make a good living. But when you get to know these people, and then you find out that they love the Lord so much, and, with, and with, within their, their own limitations, 
you know, because they are not good looking, they are not strong, they don't have the, good, the great house, family, car, money, whatever. Even with all those limitations, they are so willing to do God's will. Mm -hmm. For some reason, you connect with those people and you say, this person is really godly. That's the person that you need to hang out with. Those are the real mother and brothers, my friend. <laughs> but the, the disciples were curious and they say in Matthew 13, 10 through 12, they say they came to Jesus and asked, why do you use these stories to teach people? Jesus answered, only you can know the secret truths about God's kingdom. Those other people cannot know these secret truths. The people who have some understanding will be giving more. And they will have even more than they need. But those who do not have much understanding will lose even the little understanding that they have. The purpose of the parables and the way that the Lord Jesus was reaching out to all the people was just to get to see who is paying attention, who is interested, who is really devoted to learn more about God's word. And you know what happens, some people really just don't care. <laughs> but there are others that they are like, oh, that is good, I like that. And the Lord says, those who are receiving and understanding, they are going to get more and more. Isn't it beautiful? Beautiful. Next Sunday, my friends, on March 28th, and the worship service 235, we are going to be broadcasting and also sharing here in the church the topic, Apostles, episode number three. We hope to see you here, and for those who are watching, don't miss that program as well. Now, in the chapter 13, verses 18 through 23, here the Lord Jesus explained explains the parable of the seed. And this is so powerful, my friends. So we read. So listen to the meaning of that story about the farmer. What about the seed that fell by the path? That is like the people who hear the teaching about God's kingdom, but do not understand it. The evil one comes and takes away what was planted in their hearts. And what about the seed that fell on rocky ground? That is like the people who hear the teaching and quickly and gladly accept it, but they do not let the teaching go deep into their lives. They keep it only a short time. As soon as trouble or persecution comes, because of the teaching they accept it, they give up. And what about the seed that fell among the thorny weeds? That is like the people who hear the teaching, but let worries about this life and love for money stop it from growing. So it does not produce a crop in their lives. But what about the seed that fell on the good ground? That is like the people who hear the teaching and understand it, they grow and produce a good crop, sometimes 100 times more, sometimes 60 times more, and sometimes 30 times 
more. That is a powerful message. I want to explain to you this thing because it's so important. There are four kinds of soils, my friends. The first one soil is the person that doesn't get it at all. Doesn't get it. It's like we say sometimes in the house, right? Comes from one ear and goes out from the other ear. <laughs> With kids, we see that. You are, you are not really understanding, but what, what is exactly the problem? The problem that we have, my friend, and, and perhaps my dear friend watching, uh, that happens to you. That, that you, you feel that you do not understand. I, I want to tell you this. The, the issue is not a, an intellectual issue. It's not even a spiritual issue. It's an issue of wanting to learn. It's simple as that. It's about paying attention. There are people that they don't want to pay attention. Some people pay attention to whatever they care for. If somebody says, I will give you $5,000 if you do something for me. Really? Immediately they grab a notebook, a pen, or their phones, and they say, tell me. Why? Because they want the money. Whatever is what the person wants, if they really want, they will pay attention. You understand? But some people don't pay attention to the preaching of the word. I hope that's not your case, my friend. And I thank you for watching today. And of course, I thank to my people for being here in the church. But the point is this, friends. If someone doesn't want to learn, <laughs> if, doesn't want, if somebody doesn't want to pay enough attention to the preaching, well, simply, it's not going to understand. Their minds are somewhere else. They are thinking of anything, whatever. How in the world they will understand and comprehend the teachings when they are not paying attention? So the whole challenge for us, number one, is to pay attention. Try to understand what the person is explaining. The first soil is those who, they were there, their bodies were there, <laughs> you know, maybe they, they are in front of the TV, in front of the phone, but their minds are in Jupiter. So there is no way that they can understand the preaching. Now, that is the soil number one. The soil number two is a different kind of soil. It's the one person that receives the teaching and is happy to hear about the teachings. Right? They are excited about it. They say, oh, this is wonderful. I never heard of this. I want to learn more about it. And they are excited about it. But they go home. They are in, 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 with their families. And, uh, but suddenly, there is a little uh, complication there, any kind of problem. And you, and you know what? Simply, that persecution, that little trouble, Stop them to continue developing the teachings of the word. Because there are criticism, attacks, mockery, many difficulties. And then they give up. That's the soil number two. Persecution and troubles. It was received with a good heart. Is that you, my friend? You receive the teaching with a good heart, but immediately, when there is a little problem out there, you just say, yeah, whatever. Or, or you stick with the problem. 
Stick with the program. Soil number three is a different scenario. This person receives the word, understands the word, overcomes difficulties, and then they start to learn how powerful God's word is. And it starts to understand the secrets of the kingdom. And then realizes that it's so powerful what the scripture teaches about prosperity and abundance that their eyes move in that direction. They suddenly, they are just focused on that thing. It's what I want in this world. And all the troubles that come to your life because you are focusing on something that is not the Lord, his kingdom, eternity, heaven. Not at all. Not at all. Let's suppose heaven, the kingdom, and God are going in this direction where I am pointing out. Those who reason number three is are those ones that they understand God's word, they comprehend the secrets, they don't let the problems beat them up, they overcome the problems, but instead of focusing on that direction, God, eternity, kingdom, suddenly they are just focused on this side, thinking of money and stuff. Money and stuff. Of course, the teachings all the principles, all the understanding that comes from the word is so powerful. It's knowledge. It's knowledge. They understand that and they say, ah, oh, I can use this knowledge. Listen to this. Listen how, how dangerous is this. They say, so I can use this promise to get what I want. Because what I want is not the Lord and the kingdom and eternity and heaven. No, what I really want is this. The world. Money and stuff. Recognition. Fame. Whatever. Whatever is what they are looking at. That's the soil number three. It's very sad. And I know some of you have seen that, but in my case, from my position as a pastor, being in church for over 30 years, friends of mine that they became believers with me in 1987, in those years, in the 80s, I saw their lives. Disaster. They learned, they, they got the, the basic thing, but they just started to walk in that direction towards the stuff and money. It was a disaster. I hope that's not your case, my friend. And finally, we have soil number four, which is a different kind of soil, right? It's the person that receives the word, is happy, understands, gets knowledge, wisdom, intelligence, power, but his focus is on the Lord all the time, on the kingdom, eternity, heaven. And then is when they are thinking, wow, I am really blessed. I love this. I love what the Lord is doing in my life. 
He's guiding me. I'll be in heaven. I'll be rejoicing with everyone else that went to heaven. This is beautiful. And, and when you are there, you start to think, but, but what about all these people? What about all my relatives? What, what about all my friends? What about everybody else that I know? I, I want them to go with me. So that is why in this mission trip, if you go back with me to the beginning of all this, the Lord is preparing the disciples to go into the mission field. After telling them instructions, he goes to the solid doctrine and he ends up this solid doctrine by telling them, remember this, your goal is eternity. Bring people. Some of you are going to bring, not just you, but 30 people with you to heaven. Some of you are going to bring 60 people. Some of you are going to bring 100. And some of you are going to bring thousands. That's the soil number four. You know, if you devote yourself to pray for somebody for a solid year, and you pray for that person, and you pray for that person, Lord, let this person become saved. Let this person get to know you, Lord. You devote yourself to that prayer life, in interceding for that person day and night, the Lord is going to do something amazing in the life of that person. How many lives you could save if you start praying that way for somebody to become a believer? Have you ever thought about it? Because maybe the issue is that we are putting probably too much effort in other things, but in prayer and interceding for souls. Yes, we have to be nice with everybody and try to be friendly and show them that, that we care. It's important to, to get to save them, but nothing will compare to the result of prayer and intercession. And imagine the, the satisfaction that will bring to you knowing that through your efforts, somebody is walking in that path with you going also to heaven to be with the Lord. What a joyful life is that, knowing that your life has a meaning. Powerful, huh? So my friends here in the church, are you ready for a new life? Are you ready for a change? My friend watching, are you ready for a change? Perhaps the change should start with, with you opening your heart to the Lord God. And if you're watching, I want you to know that Romans chapter 10, verse 9 declares, if you openly say, Jesus is my Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from dead, you will be saved. It's all about believing. It's the only requirement to go to heaven. The only requirement to go to heaven, to believe. My friend watching, Open your heart to the good Lord. I would like you to pray with me. A prayer like this, where you are devoting your heart to the good Lord. Dear God, 
I see that becoming your disciple is not an easy thing. But I want to commit. I know it is time for me to assume my place in the battle. Please help me to accept your will for my life. I want to be useful in your kingdom. Lord, you are the one that I want to adore. You are my God. I open my heart to you, Lord. I confess my sins before you. I want to obey you and trust you and serve you forever, my Lord. Starting today, I want to see life and people exactly as you do. Please help me, Lord, to become the person you want me to be. My friends, it's on the glorious cross of our Lord Jesus Christ where we receive the salvation of our lives. Say with me, I am forgiven by Jesus. My Lord can do everything. His word is true and active in me. My life is going to be great and blessed in 2021. Friends, thank you so much for coming up to church. For you, dear viewer, as well, receive the blessing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. May the good Lord give you a wonderful rest of your Sunday. And we will see you here next time. Thank you so much for watching. Anytime a heart turns Bye. from darkness to light. Anytime temptation comes and someone stands to fight. Anytime somebody lives to serve and not be served. I know, I know, I know, I know. for watching Victory Church, please feel free to contact us. Our email address is info at vchurch.us and our phone number is 432-614-9798.